Welcome to Micah Bradford Connected, where we bring together hope and information to help support your life. Join us on this journey in connecting the dots and finding answers to your most challenging health issues. So, let's connect, where no topic is off limits. Common interests prevail, but opinions don't always align. This is Micah Bradford Connected. Hello and welcome to the Connected Podcast with me, Micah Bradford. At Connected, our goal is to get you plugged in to information and resources that can change your life. We put you in touch with professionals and everyday people from across the globe whose products and information are inspiring and innovating, providing solutions to our lives' most frustrating struggles. Today, I'm literally excited beyond words to be able to have our guest, Dr. Deanne Linick, who is a speech-language pathologist with her doctorate and a master's in business, who for over 30 years has been serving the communities abroad and across the country in supporting the needs of speech and language therapies for children and individuals with communication disorders. Today, I'm excited because we are going to get here about her journey, what brought her to meeting this need and some of the innovative pieces of technology and teachings that she is now presenting based on those 30 years of experience. So like for you to welcome today, Dr. Deanne Linick, and let's get started. So good morning. Good morning. I am so happy to have you and for our listeners to get to hear not only about your journey, but about your why. Because for everyone that's here and has listened to Connected, they know that my heart and purpose was to find solutions for my son, Jacob, who has autism and has significant uh, communication delays. And so to be able to share with our audience the work you're doing, because for me, being in the realm of behavioral health medical for over two decades, it's exciting when I find something new or I have a shift in the paradigm and thought process of how to help Jacob, how to help our community with children and individuals and adults who don't have the ability to communicate fluidly and effectively. And so I'm just excited today to be able to share your information because I know that this is life-changing for us and is absolutely a game changer. And for every listener that is going to be listening to this episode, they are gonna walk away with those moments of, wow, I need to look more into this. So tell us about how you got started. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, My journey started in my undergrad program in the mid 1980s. Um, in 1984, to be exact, when I was a, a student at North Dakota State University working on my undergraduate degree in communication sciences and disorders, and I was assigned a student who had a voice output communication device, a speech generating device. Um, one of the very first, it was a Voice 100 by Prinky Romick, and the program needed to be like developed. I had to teach the device how to speak. I had to design the messages and all. And I just, I fell in love with giving this little boy that I was assigned 
an opportunity to say things that his body wasn't going to let him say. He had cerebral palsy, which interfered with his ability to be able to coordinate breathing and making the sound and then shaping the sound. So in speech terms, it was respiration and phonation and articulation. And from just that first experience and the whole idea of giving someone a voice, I just, I continued down that journey. I requested a student teaching assignment at a facility that was a residential facility that worked with individuals with multiple disabilities where I was exposed to a plethora of voice output communication devices and different augmentative communication systems. And uh, I had a particular student, he was a high schooler, who he and a buddy of his reprogrammed his device um, to say some very appropriate teenage things out loud. Um, <laughs> and But out loud in such a way that he got in trouble. But that really drove home for me the human rights component of communication, that he had a right to say his own messages. He had a right to, to say what he was thinking and feeling. He also had a right to get into trouble for it, um, just as you and I would who are verbal. And so that started my course to work with individuals with difficulty in being able to produce their own speech. And that continued throughout my career. When I finished my doctorate, which was in early child development and education a couple of years ago, I was faced with the question of what was I going to do at that point in time. And the issue before me was that individuals who speak using augmentative communication systems, voice output, a box that talks, didn't have good outcomes. And the majority of them, a research study by Erickson and, and Geist in 2016, found that right at about 80% of people who speak using a voice output communication system would only speak at the single word level and only one word at a time. And that's devastating to me as a speech pathologist. That's devastating to me as a, as a human being who cares about people being able to say what they want and don't want, like and don't like, think and don't think, and, and feel and, and who they want around them and all of the human rights components. And so as I face that question of why do we not have better outcomes, I realized that we were intervening with augmentative communication differently than we intervene for the development of language for verbal speakers and even the development of language for those who are hearing impaired and will use a form of sign language, as well as for those who learn a second language. We were doing augmentative communication completely different than any other development of language. And then the question became, why? Why are we doing it differently? And is that the reason why our outcomes are so different than those for verbal language? So let me ask you this then. So do you feel like that in a retrospective view that, and, and obviously one of the things that's exciting is getting to hear and for the audience to know that the history and your perspective and where it's brought you, do you feel like that the evolution in technology and the way that 
that we all use technology has helped in quickening the perspective and the application and broadening the way that you are now promoting and supporting, educating not only the professionals, but the general population on how augmentative communication can be successful. I, I think you're right on that, but I think there's another perspective, which is the technology that we have today touch screens on our computers, voice activation on computers, the speech um, recognition as well as the speech output came out of augmentative communication, came out of special education, came out of the work that we were doing with people who had physical or developmental interferences in their growth and development. A touch screen, we had touch screens in the late 1980s that we were putting on Apple II, C's, E's, and GS's for, for those who didn't know that Apple had those kinds of names before, but we were putting touch screens on computers with 16-pin connections in the late 1980s. Wow. So that that's so that amazing. people could get to the screens. We, in the early 1990s, we were working for voice recognition to give people who had speech impairments related to, again, a, a neurological or a developmental disorder, the ability to be able to speak into a device and have their speech recognized and produce a printed output. It was the precursor to Dragon Dictate and the precursor to Siri and Alexa. So the technology we have today, commonplace, had its roots in special needs. Wow. So that's a really important part of the history. So now move forward into those technologies being more readily accessible and you and I using those. Now they're commonplace, which makes them more cost-effective and more accessible to people who have special needs for access because they're general, so they're more cost-effective. So there's a relationship that goes both ways. Now add in the speed at which we're communicating, the speed at which we're sharing information, the accessibility of information even like this podcast to be able to answer questions. That speed means that we're moving forward with good and bad information very quickly. And part of our responsibility professionally is to make sure that we're helping people get good information so that they have accurate information with which to make decisions. Sometimes more information is just more information. It doesn't mean it's necessarily better. So to come back in a forum like this where you're providing resources that are connected to research and resources that are connected to other understandings that um, can really help people grab a hold of the idea so that they now can do something with it. And I think that's where we're at today is understanding where we've been, but understanding today so that we can make a difference and quickly. So uh, what I want to share with our listeners too is that 
it was a pleasure the first time to get to meet with you. So being involved in consulting for different companies and the special needs behavioral health communities, I am continuously looking to try and help grow resources, not only across the country, but also with a, a focal perspective of Texas and even more so with the North Texas region. And I'd like to share with people how you and I connected because to see the purpose in it is, is pretty humbling. But I had been to a disabilities making connections resource fair in our area. And I was there with one of the clients I was working with promoting their resources and their services to our community. And this man walks up and goes, Hey, he goes, I think you need to talk to my wife. And I was like, okay. And I'm thinking, well, there's a lot of vendors here. And he's like, well, she has this company and she has a nonprofit and she has, and I'm thinking, wow, she sounds pretty dynamic. And I'm thinking, but I'll circle back and get with her. And so a month goes by and I'm at another event and we're doing an open house for and a ribbon cutting for one of my clients that has opened up a pretty innovative resource for supporting school districts and education and ABA and speech and OT. And, and we're at the open house and here he is again. And I'm like, and he's there because he heard about it through the chamber. And he's like, hey, he's like, you know, he goes, are you sure you haven't ever met my wife? Because she's been in this area for 20, 30 years and had this company and that. And I'm like, well, maybe. I was like, I'm not sure. And he gives me a card again. And literally, it was just amazing to see that then I travel down to San Antonio for the Texas State Autism Conference. And as I'm there with one of my partners with our autism nonprofit, Lori walks up to me and goes, hey, I have somebody that I want you to meet. And sure enough, I walk over and as she's introduced to me to Dr. Olenek, I'm like, oh, dear Lord, this is actually the woman that Dave, her husband, has been trying to introduce me to repeatedly. And so that day I knew, and there were a ton of, of workshops that I could have participated in. And, and one of the main reasons we go to the different conferences is to identify speakers and presenters to try and bring the most innovative, relevant presentations to the conferences we put together for our educators and parents and professionals. And I knew after that moment of speaking with you, and then when you further shared your testimony and information about clinically, but then the personal why of having a family member, a brother with special needs, I, I knew and I was like, all right, this is the why. And so going in to watch your presentation with your partner, with Courtney, was absolutely life-changing. And I want anyone that's listening to this right now who has a child or an adult or a loved one that struggles with expressing themselves and communication issues to know that for me to have been in this industry for 20 years, and I am absolutely a supporter and fan of the different sciences and therapies with applied behavior analysis and just general speech therapy and occupational therapy and sensory integration, the things that we're now learning how they all work together, looking at the nervous system and all sorts of crazy fun stuff about the amygdala and how we remember things and muscle memory. But that day, hearing your presentation, it took me to a place that I have not been in many years. 
it took me to a place of a level of hope that I had not had. And it was an aha moment because for my son, Jake, he clearly is aware. He has so many skills that just were never connected together that are splintered and ideas and times where he, you can see desperately wants to share. And in the world of medical physiological issues, I always tell professionals and parents that when we start seeing behaviors emitted that maybe are abrupt or the origin may be unknown, we first look at what physiological conditions could be prompting that. We don't automatically go to the, well, it's a behavior or it's a this, or he's just not wanting to participate or it's escape. I always encourage them because the way that our our loved ones act out looks different depending on how it's been reinforced. But to hear your perspective on dual symbol immersion, and this is what I'm excited because we're going to have Dr. Olenek back for many discussions because this is such a deep dive and a shift in perspective and in the resources that I know that this information is going to radically change the perspective of many professionals and it's gonna bless a lot of families' lives. But I want them to know that to hear your presentation, it's not often that I am moved to the point of saying, I've gotta have that, I've gotta do that. That identification of this is a huge piece of the puzzle that's been missing from Jacob's life. I'm excited that you're here. And when you talk about the innovation, one of the things that Dr. Olenek, besides having a nonprofit with Hear My Voice and also having her consulting company, and she is also now an innovator in technology. And so she's taken this information and not only changed a philosophy and starting to shift a paradigm, but you're producing products building on the technology you just discussed that is going to shift the accessibility and how these te- these these pieces of the puzzle are used. So I'm excited because for me, meeting you and seeing your work and your presentations and the data and how you're publishing, this is a game changer. So share, building on that technology, how did you go from that and recognizing the gaps to here. It truly has been a fun journey. And one that, as you described so nicely, went from recognizing that we can't do things the same way and expect there to be a different outcome. If we want to improve the language outcomes, we need to do things differently. And what is that? And so dual symbol immersion is a theory developed by Courtney Garcia and myself that reflects applying the understanding of verbal language development, sign language development, and second language development to the development of language through symbols. And the theory is that we need to speak to the developer, the symbol speaker, in the symbol system that they're learning or likely to learn. 
simultaneously with verbal language. And that's where the dual symbol immersion comes in. Speaking in two symbol systems, verbal and picture symbols, simultaneously as much as absolutely possible, and that's a caveat that I want to come back to, as much as absolutely possible so that the symbol speaker has the opportunity to develop language in the same way that verbal language is developed. And so as we developed that theory, goes beyond speaking some augmentative communication, goes beyond speaking in symbols to them when you can, or planning specific activities using picture symbols, or using picture symbols to be able to give instructions. Those are all methodologies that we've accepted over the last 25 years but it's not gotten us the outcomes that we wanted. So dual symbol immersion gives us a way to do that more all the time at home. Where is language developed? Language is developed at home. It's not developed in the speech therapy session. Language so, is so two hours a week. So what I'm hearing you say is that now that aha moment of how yeah. could we have ever thought that two to four hours of speech language therapy alone in a clinical setting would ever help us catch up with the yeah. rate of natural growth. And the numbers tell you that, and the numbers tell you, and there've been a couple of people who have sat down and calculated how many hours of exposure an 18 month old has to language in order to develop their language to the level of an 18 month old. And an 18 month old has from a couple of words to maybe about 20 or 30 words, they're by no means proficient in language. But the number of hours that it would take to equal the exposure of an 18-month-old at an hour a week of speech therapy or two hours a week of speech therapy is 84 years. Holy cow. That it would take 84 years to have enough language exposure to equal that of an 18-month-old who's speaking in single words. That, that, that's, that's really amazing. our outcome. Yeah, and that's why our outcome is. So we need to look at things differently, but to empower families and educators, caregivers, grandparents, all those who are involved in the person's life to speak to them in the symbols that they're needing or already developing language. That's where we need to be. And that's what Hear My Voice does. Hear My Voice is the nonprofit that provides education and training going directly to parents, directly to caregivers, directly to educators, directly to educational assistants, as well as therapists but mainly to those who are responsible for developing language and that's at home and in the classroom. And so that's what Hear My Voice does. But as we look at that, my question was, what do we need in order to be able to do that better, to do that more, to do that more consistently? What happens when grandma and grandpa come in from out of state for a visit and they've not seen the child or the person's speech generating device and they don't know where the words are, the messages, they don't even know how to use it. What do they use to talk to their loved one in symbols? Well, how about when you've got a babysitter that that's a brand new babysitter and doesn't know the system or you've got a new friend that your loved one is making and they don't know how to speak to them in symbols what happens to those times in those times we're not symboling for our loved one we're not providing the symbols that go along with the verbal language 
and that's where Symbolit um, came in. Symbolit is an app. Right now it's available for iOS and available on the iPad and iPhone with Wi-Fi or cellular connection. And Symbolit provides a speech to picture symbol translation in real time. In real time means you pick up your iPhone or iPad, you open up Symbolit, you push down and hold the record button on the screen, and the words that you say show up in picture symbols in real time. When you let go of the button, it stops recording and the display stays constant. The reason for that is that the symbol speaker can go back and take a look at those symbols. You can point to them. They are designed to be a in-the-moment, real-time translation. I want to share with the listeners because for people that haven't seen why this is so significant and why this is a game changer, because when we're talking about a symbol speaker, so having a device, so to, to give an idea of what this looks like. We're talking maybe an iPad that has one of however many uh, symbol systems that's been identified as best for that symbol speaker to be downloaded. So, so for the average person, we think of it like how we are texting and doing emojis with words and different things. For the symbol speaker, it may be an iPad and depending on the repertoire or the number of symbols that these individuals can learn and how quickly, some people may have thousands, correct? Of yes. images on their pad. So I know for me, when I looked at the different symbol offerings or, or systems and looked at the images, I could see where learning this, like what you were saying, if grandma came into town or if you had a new babysitter, it would be like learning a new phone system. Like if you went from Android to iOS to Apple, you had to learn the navigation and that in itself um, takes some time, takes familiarity. And so even with technology, learning navigation and where things are located and positioning can be daunting and can limit a person being able to use it. And so what's so exciting is for the average person that may not know what that looks like, instead of me having one of the devices for the symbol speaker and trying to quickly, if I'm saying I like ice cream or I want to go to a movie, I may not, if I've just been introduced to this device, just like how you were talking about with speaking and language, I may not be able to find very many of the pictures. However, with the Symbolit app, it is a way to help and providing those immediate resources to the simple speaker, meaning the child, the adult, the person who is needing that visual reinforcement paired with the language to where I'm not stumbling or fumbling through pictures and screens and trying to figure out to where that could even create some frustration for the receiver, for the simple speaker. And so your app absolutely, and we know, is going to be a game changer because to be able to push a button and talk and those images translate. And for us, the significance is we know that many individuals, auditory processing is an issue. Also chronic ear infections, distorted ability to hear. And so to be able to see that, I know for Jake is significant and reinforces, just like we have our checklist or when we've walked to the back of the house, I think how many times like somebody said, hey, can you go get this? 
and I get back at the back of the house, I'm like, what did I come back here for? But if I have a list I can refer to, I'm like, oh, okay. And then that removes the frustration. I can complete my tasks. So this is huge because for the average person, you are providing a tool that is going to be able to be integrated into somebody's life with greater ease. Thank you for that. I mean, those points that you make, I mean, just recast those. One, it lets us speak in longer sentences. It lets us speak the words that we usually speak. And one of my favorite things about that is that it lets us have the melody of our sentence without us having to hunt and peck for the specific words that we're looking for. So we can speak in melody and melody uses a different part of the brain to be able to carry the information that only helps us to be able to use all parts of our brain, but also to use all aspects of speech. So me being able to augment my language by symboling it, by using symbol it, lets me speak in complete sentences with my melody, matching it to my listener, and making my language visible in real time. Game changer on that part, I agree, because we get more language input. The other side of it is, we don't get rid of the responsibility to speak on their voice output communication system. We still need to do that, but this is in addition to that. If we think about them using their device or us using their device, that's about the navigation. That's about the articulation, if you will. Uh, and I'm going to put that in air quotes because we're still developing the theory of is the navigation more related to articulation than it is to like a visual search? More later on that. So don't get stuck on that. <laughs> We are going to be continuing this discussion as we have part two and part three coming up with Dr. Olenek discussing further and doing a deeper dive in how using symbols and tools like Symbolit with her app can help in reinforcing the communication and the language that we are trying to support individuals with. It's definitely clear that there are so many more opportunities for us to expand communication and language for individuals with delays or deficits of this nature. And so tune back in next week to hear more from Dr. Deanna Linnick and more information about dual symbol immersion and the Symbolit app. And we look forward to sharing more information and bringing you more professionals like Dr. Linnick and her team that are innovators that are blazing a trail to new paths of resources, information that can change your life. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. Let's stay connected.